gather tonight for this Feast of All Saints Day, it is, of course, a day for us to rejoice because not only is it a, a feast day to, to remember, but it is uh, a day that the Church has given us to remember all those who have gone before us, uh, faithful, who are now alive in God for all eternity, that are uh, raised up in the flesh, uh, re renewed and restored, and becoming more fully completely human than we uh, are right now, as odd as that might sound, because death is temporary for the saints. Uh, they are raised to eternal life. And as I contemplate the saints, saints one of the things that I uh, shared, and it kind of tips my hand maybe a little bit, but I'm frustrated by this uh, new thing that we've been seeing in Hollywood uh, lately that, oh, I, I don't have representation. So unless there's somebody from this particular area, the, with this particular dialect, with this particular skin color, with this particular occupation, I am not represented at all. And, and they, they think that Hollywood is going to be the answer to all of this, and, and it's not. But when we look at the saints, that's where we have representation. There's, I can't name a, a career or an occupation that the saints haven't done, or at least been uh, influenced by somewhat, including the sinful ones. Not that they are saints because they did the sinful ones, but because they recognized the sin in their actions and converted. St. Mary of the Desert, or St. Mary of Egypt, who was a prostitute and converted. There's St. Bartolo, uh, who was a Satanist and converted, and honored, both honored as saints, because they committed their lives to Jesus Christ. We have saints of all colors. Uh, we have even, even American, uh, Native Americans. Uh, St. Kateri, or uh, uh, I believe he's only a servant of God, but Black Elk who's, uh, God willing, will be moving forward towards the, the process of being a venerable and being a blessed. Black Elk from, I believe it was South Dakota is where he was uh, living. It's, it's just fascinating. Uh, our saints of every color, of every nation, across this entire globe, maybe not a saint from Antarctica, but that's, there's a reason for that. The saints that are recognized that we honor today, and the saints unrecognized. The saints who simply live their lives quietly, maybe not on a grand stage, but were faithful. And all these various ways that they, they lived, places they lived, colors they were, languages they spoke, uh, everything, and even, even with the Beatitudes we have uh, today, you know, every state of life, the poor and the rich, the, the happy, the sad, those who, who seem that they could not get a break and those who uh, seem to live a charmed life, perhaps. Uh, those that, that were very strong and, and bold and those that were more mild. Those that were meters of justice and those that desired it, longed for it. The merciful, well, that's one thing that unites most of the saints the peacemakers, the persecuted, and the ones that were well-respected. Every, every type. What's the one thing that unites the saints? 
What's the one quality that unites the saints? And that is, of course, our love of Jesus Christ. And actually, it, it, it's, been, it's still an unformed thought, and, and that's probably okay. Uh, I'll, I'll try to spit it out and articulate it as best I can anyway. But it's, it's been something that's been on my heart for the last 19 months, 20 months or so, and, and something that, that was there in at least uh, a little bit before that. But this idea of longing to see God's face. This longing to see that when, after we close our eyes in this life, to wake up and to open our eyes and see God as he is, to see the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their beauty, to long to see him, and that we just sang it in the, the psalm response, Lord, this is a people that longs to see your face. That longing that they had. The, the longing that the saints had, that they would do whatever it took to stay with God, whatever it took to be obedient to God, whatever it took to live their lives seeking the Lord, longing and longing and longing. I have to ask myself, and I'll ask you too, how much do I long for the Lord? How much do I, do I feel it in the very tips of my toes, the very, very tips of my toenails, all the way up to the every end of my hair? Do I, do I feel it with every, every cell in my body, this longing, this desire that I would see Jesus Christ? This longing, this hope that we ought to have. That's what the saints enjoyed. And we can ask ourselves, well, do we, do we, see, do we see him? Someday we hope to, right? But even now we do. We see him in the Eucharist, hidden veiled from our sight, hidden in the species of what looks like bread and wine, body and blood, soul and divinity. That when we come forward and we receive him in the Eucharist, it is our way of demonstrating our longing, our desire, our hope. That too is what unites the saints. Their longing for the Eucharist. In this year of renewal, Perhaps we need to remember that. That Jesus Christ doesn't leave us to our own devices. The saints understood this. They, they didn't think that, well, we just have to knuckle down, buckle down, and we just have to be good people and better people and best people, and, and, and we just need to work harder. And, and No, it's they, need, they understood. They need to give themselves to Christ. They need to, needed to give themselves and allow God to do this. Because in the end, we can't save ourselves. It sounds like a, a repetitious kind of thing or something that's somewhat obvious, but, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest, there's times where I act like I can. I just need to avoid that sin and I white-knuckle it instead of asking for the grace of God who gives me what I need. God gives us what we need to be saints. There's a philosopher, and a French philosopher, and I keep forgetting uh, to look up his name, but, uh, so forgive me, but uh, there's a philosopher who says the greatest tragedy in the world is to not become a saint. Think about that. Think about some of the tragedies, perhaps some of us have seen tragedies up front, face to face. If not, think just some of the, some of the atrocities that have been done, even the atrocities we've seen in this last month. The murder of women, children, 
uh, heard heard a terrible story yesterday of of Hamas soldiers or, or terrorists that would go in, went into a house, and they they killed a, a baby in the most vile, despicable, horrible way. Something that was left to the fairy tales, and not even the witches would think about doing what what these animals did while they had their way, euphemism, with the baby's mother and left both dead. That's a tragedy, right? But greater still is to not become a saint. And I deeply believe this because it is accepting the grace of Jesus Christ to long to see him. That's what connects the saints and that's what connects us. Have we seen the Lord? Yes, we have in the Eucharist. It's a prayer that we can pray, and, and it's, it's a prayer I honestly don't pray enough, perhaps. I, there's, a, there's two prayers that the church in, in, the, in the sacrament, or the, the missal uh, the church gives for preparation, and, and uh, uh, it's reproduced in the, your private missals if you happen to have one for the, uh, the, the Roman Missal for individuals. St. Ambrose has one, and that's the one I prefer, and actually a few people I've talked to. But St. Thomas has a beautiful one in and of itself, too. I wish there was a way to combine the two, because uh, St. Ambrose reminds us that we are sinners looking for a merciful and just judge. But St. Thomas ends his prayer, Grant, O most loving Father, that I may see unveiled him that I see now veiled in these species. What we see veiled in the Eucharist, what we ought to be longing for this evening, longing more than we've ever longed for food, more than we've ever longed for water, more than we've ever longed for even air. The Eucharist, we see Jesus Christ, and we long for him, to see him as he is. That's the promise we hear in today's second reading, by the way. So often when we hear that reading, we overlook the adjectives and adverbs. As I always, probably haven't said it lately, but watch the adjectives and adverbs that the, uh, the uh, uh, Bible authors, the evangelists, and the, uh, the, the writers give us. Beloved, we are God's children now. Not some future day, now. But what we are to be is yet to be revealed. But we know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That we're, we become something greater than children of God. One of the greatest, and, and if you want to want to see me kind of twinge and, and re, get repulsed or, or whatever, all you have to do is say, so-and-so died, and now they're an angel in heaven. That's heresy. That's a lie, and I believe it comes right from the bowels of hell itself. We don't become angels. We become something greater than angels. We become saints because the angels were only given one choice in life, in their existence, either serve God or not serve God. But we, time and time again, need to choose the Lord. That when we choose him and choose him and long for him and long for him and desire him and desire him with every ounce of our being, with everything we are, we become greater because we chose God Time and time and time again, we become saints. This is our hope. Today, as we gather, we celebrate not only those that have already made it, but we call to mind that we too are called 
The circumstances of our lives are irrelevant. Jesus would tell us, blessed despite them all. Our occupations, irrelevant. The color of our skin, irrelevant. Our nationalities, irrelevant. Our age, irrelevant. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. The only thing that matters is seeing him as he is.